welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Thankfully, getting back into some normalcy, and thank God, it's good to see everybody. It's good to be here. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to take a drink of water. We're going to look at Romans 12 again, 1 and 2. Um, I'm going to continue a a thought that I began about two weeks ago on um, transformation, personal transformation. A lot of this is something that God has done and is in the process of doing in my own heart and life. And so <clears throat> what I'm about to share with you is very real and it's very personal. And, uh, and as I have, have been walking with the Lord, as I've been journeying with the Lord through a process that, that the Holy Spirit, I feel like it's spirit-led, I feel like God is moving in this direction, uh, doing what he promised to do, uh, being what he has promised to be, uh, fulfilling promises that I can't fulfill, giving life where I can't give life. Um, I just want to. I just want to be uh, obedient and share some of this stuff with you because I believe that it, it could could actually be a catalyst for you to experience personal transformation. It could, it could be a catalyst for you to, if you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and it's going to be very simple, uh, but how many of you know most of the profound truths are very simple? Like you read Jesus, and man, you think, you know, nobody's deeper than Jesus, but he spoke about seeds and birds and tares and wheat and the rain and storms. He spoke about all these things, but they were very profound. And when you really think on them, when you take time and be intentional, and you begin to, you begin to point your, your life's direction towards, and in a very intentional way, towards transformation, God responds. The Holy Spirit responds. We, we heard about Pentecost on Sunday, Pastor Nick, preached a stirring message about the Spirit. God's given us the Spirit of God. And this is part, what I'm sharing with you, goes in tandem with that, that God has given us the Holy Spirit. And uh, it is for a continual experience of transformation. That you would experience the miraculous in your life, in your inner life. That this was never meant to be uh, a head knowledge or just a theology or a truth that we hold. It's to, the, the, the purpose, uh, the Bible says in Galatians, with the, that the end purpose of the new covenant was that the Holy Spirit would come and live in us. That was the end purpose. And so God's goal, God's design and salvation is not just about heaven, but it is about you right now experiencing the miraculous in your life. This is the gospel. This is the good news that, that we are to experience the miraculous on a daily basis in, in a way that is trans, transformative to our own lives, our families' lives, and the life of our communities. <clears throat> I want to share with you tonight 
what I believe is a very practical way to begin to experience transformation. So I want to take it out of just proclaiming truth about transformation and believing for it and give us some tools so we can start to access, so we can start to experience what God has for us. Uh, I've entitled tonight's message, Making Room for a Miracle. And the, the thought behind this came to me out of 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but there's a woman that's in there. It's, it's during the ministry of Elisha, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. There's a Shunammite woman, doesn't even give her name, but the Bible calls her a great woman. And uh, the, the rabbi said she was a great woman because she, was, she had wisdom and she had a heart for the things of God. And so she had faith. And so Elisha was passing by on his, you know, he, he, he had a circuit. The prophets would go on a circuit and, and go to the villages and teach the people the word of God and train people. So they weren't idle just sitting in a room prophesying. They were going and teaching and preaching in villages. And they would make the circuit. And this woman would watch him pass by. And she, she spoke to her husband and she says, you know what? We've got the means We've got the, the, the ability. Let's make a room for this man of God and let's invite him into our home. And when she did that, she didn't realize that she was making room for a miracle. And, and how many of you know there was something intentional about that? It wasn't just showing up in church on Sunday and fulfilling religion. She was like, no, it's not just a Sunday service. I'm going to invest our lives as a family and we're going to build space for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. And it wasn't too long after that, uh, you know, she was barren. She couldn't have her husband and, and her couldn't have a child. And, you know, it comes to find out when she made room for the Holy Spirit with intentionality, she bore fruit. She bore a son. And every time in the Word of God, when people are intentional, about coming and stepping towards God in his mercy and his grace in their brokenness and in their desperation. And you will always see God respond. Always. God always responds when there is that move towards mercy. And I, and I shared a couple of weeks ago about those leopards that move towards mercy. But tonight, I want to I give you a way to do that. I want to I explain something to you that has transformed my life. It has absolutely been a blessing and a miracle in my life. And I want to just share it with you. But Romans 12, 1 and 2, I'm going to read it. And Patrick, if you could help me with the time because I forgot to set my timer. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, that's you and I. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. In the Greek, it's by the mercies of God. I plead with you to give yourselves wholly to him. You give your whole heart to him. Let, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, your lives. This kind he will find, the kind he will find acceptable. This truly is the way to worship God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. He's speaking to Christians who are already a new creation. And he's talking to them about more transformation. That this is an ongoing encounter with the Holy Spirit 
that there is a, a continual transformation and life happening in your life. And this is what he says, that let God continue to transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. You'll learn discernment. You'll have clarity, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And, and we read last time when we, when, when we went through this that this word transformation is actually transfiguration. And it's, it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's the word metamorphosis where you get the idea of the, the caterpillar going into the chrysalis and coming out a butterfly. Something that was one thing and is completely transformed into another thing. And, and this is what we have here. And, and he uses the same word there that was used of Christ on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, that there was this, this overshadowing of God's presence, this miraculous thing that happens, this supernatural transformation by the ability of God in the person of the Holy Spirit to do in us what we are unable to do on our own. That's what Paul's talking about, that God will empower you. It's what Pastor Nick talked about, that the Holy Spirit will come and do what you cannot do. That the Holy Spirit's job is to come and, and, and fill in those places and fill up those places that are lacking and to fill us with what we cannot fill ourselves with. And so this is what Paul is saying. You are the recipients of God's miraculous power to renew you continually. It's always there. It's always working. And he said, it's in, and it will show forth in you, <clears throat> showing to the world what the will of God is. Now, we talked about what that is, but it's really God's kingdom being manifested, his righteousness, his peace, his joy, you know, love towards God and towards people. You'll have the right inclinations. The Bible says, I'll give you a new heart. I, I, I will give you the inclinations that you need to, 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 to love me. All that you, you lack love, that's okay. I've got enough for both of us, right? You, you lack, you lack uh, initiative, that's okay. I, I, I spoke the worlds into the existence. I have enough initiative for the whole world if they'd only ask. So these things are there. They're present in you. The Bible says that God has given to you and I everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's in you right now, right where you sit. There is the Holy Spirit resident within you with everything that you need. Isn't that wonderful? Everything is there. The, the, the disconnect is that we're not accessing that and we're not intentionally moving in that direction. But God wants to speak to us and encourage us and draw us in. So, so Paul is, is begging them. He says, I'm begging you, brothers and sisters. That's the wording there. I'm begging you. I'm imploring you that, that you, you are compelled and catapulted by the mercy of God to move towards God so that he can transform your life. And it's interesting that, that Paul doesn't say transform your life and then come to God. He says, you come and move towards mercy and God will do the rest. That's the new covenant promise. That's what God has said. And so there's this, this compelling of the Holy Spirit to you, to me, this invitation that's here to us every day that you wake up in the morning, this invitation is there. 
The Holy Spirit is there inviting you, calling to us into this place of transformation. And, and, and this, is the, this is what God is saying. I want to be merciful to you. I want to pour out on you all the grace, all the compassion that you need. Everything that, my child, I have provided for you on the cross, all that your inheritance, which is tied to my mercy strings, I want to give it to the ones that come stepping intentionally towards me, trusting that I'm merciful and kind. God says, I've, 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 it's all in my mercy. I need you to come in my mercy. But when you come in my mercy, you're going to be met and you're going to be lavished upon. I'm going to lavish on you what you need. That's what God said. Just simply come. I want to overshadow you with my kindness, cover your weaknesses, love your doubt and fear way. Just step this way. Just move towards me. Just come and believe that I'm merciful, that I'm a merciful father, and I want to pour out on you every blessing, every good thing. Press down. Everybody say, press down. And we're not talking about money. I'm, this isn't a prosperity myth. This is the life of the Spirit. God says, I want to pour a life into you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. This is the will of God. Jesus said it in Luke 6:38. give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And this is not just about material means. People have used that that way. But there's something more. God doesn't care about a copper penny or a gold coin or a diamond. God's interest is his, he's solely invested in the worth of humanity. He's worried. And, and he know, God knows if he has your heart, he's got your bank account. If he's got your heart, so Jesus is, this is, he's really talking about your heart. You give your heart fully. You give your life fully. You give that fully to me and watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to press it down. I'm going to shake it together and I'm going to make room for more and you're, there, there's going to be enough poured into your lap. Now this is the abundance that the new covenant says is the, for the believer. And so this covenant, new covenant promise is for every one of us. That, that the Holy Spirit is going to give us his mercy. He's going to give us his heart as, 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 as we come, as we, as we, like Jesus says, as we come here, like Paul says, give your heart and you will receive a heart. Amen? <laughs> give your weakness and you're going to get strength back. Give your faults and you're going to get his perfection. Isn't that wonder shaken down? What a wonderful exchange. That's the good news. We bring him our rags, he gives us a robe. We bring him, we bring him our despair, and he gives us his joy. That's the heavenly exchange in the gospel bank. When we come in and we bring everything that's wrong with us, God supernaturally transforms it through the cross and puts everything that is his into our account. That's amazing. But this is the gospel. This is the good news. When we believe that, that that's the mercy towards us, wow, you mean I can actually get something for this? 
this old heart that's failing, this old heart that doesn't want to go the extra mile, this mind that is so warped, this mind that battles this and that thing, if I turn that over to him, he's going to give me a new one. Wow, what a promise, but this is the promise. Jesus said to the measure you give that, to the measure you give it, you're going to get back something. So we're encouraged then. Bring us, bring me your old tattered garments. Bring me your problems. Bring me your situations. Bring me your weakness and watch what I can do with that. See, that gives God glory. Not when we come in shiny and new and in our own strength. It gives God glory to pour on us and pour into us his glory and his strength and his power. Okay, I want to, anyway, I, God, this, is, this is what God says. You bring that as frail and as weak and as anxious and as troubled, as weary as it is, Jesus will take you up. He'll take your life up. He'll press it. He'll shake it, and he'll fill it to overflowing. I will put a blessing in your lap, right? How many of you are waiting for something to drop into your lap? <laughs> We're always wishing for that, that rich uncle that we didn't know about to suddenly, you know, we get a phone call. You had an uncle that, you know, and the blessing just fell into my lap. Well, God is saying you can have it in your lap every day. That it's there for you. His mercies are new every morning. This is wonderful. His mercies are new every morning, and so we're invited in. God says, I want to put it in your lap. God wants that transformation to land in your heart and life. And this word picture that he gives here is so rich because it's this, this whole idea of, of, of pressed down and shaken together, it's what would happen in the marketplace. They knew immediately what Jesus was talking about. The Jews wore these long robes, and they would go. The men would go into the marketplace to buy grain, and they would go up to the merchant, and they would, they would scoop up their outer garment, and they would make a bowl like this in their lap, and they would take it up, and he would say, well, I need such and such. He would give them the shekels, and they would start filling it, filling it. And, and the, the shop owner's pressing down, and the, the man is shaking his garment, and it's just packing, compacting, compacting, and the Jews would always give an extra to overflowing. And so these men would be walking out of the marketplace with their skirts up like this, going home, with, pregnant with, with grain flowing out, falling everywhere. And so this is what Jesus is saying. Come to me. Bring your heart like a bowl, empty. Come to, my, come to my table. Come here, and I'm going to put something inside of you. You don't have it. I've got it. You don't even have the money for it. It's, it's already bought, and it's already paid for in the cross. I want you to come. I want you to come and, and, and bring that. Don't be shy. Come on up there, and, and God pushes it. Then you just shake it together, and you're just, that's how God. Could you imagine if as, as Christians begin to say, wow, do you mean God wants to put something in my lap? God wants to fill me up? God wants me to have grain overflowing like that in my life? Yes. Yes, that's what the gospel teaches. I will put a river within you, and out of that it will be a constant flow. So this would have been everywhere in the marketplace, and they would have thought, wow, that's amazing. This is, this is wonderful. What a great promise. I've got to hurry. Pat, how much time do I have? What's that? So how much time do I have? 
15, perfect. All right, I hope to get there. So this is what God is saying to you and I. That the measure you step towards me in mercy and give of yourself, it's going to be given back. You ever wonder why you don't experience that, that kind of thing? A lot of times we just live our Christian life haphazardly. No intention. We're enjoying, well, we are enjoying grace. We're enjoying the, the common graces of God. But to honestly say, man, I, 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 God's touching my life. Like, I, you know, there's something different. I'm, I'm not just living in the common grace and being a Christian and going from one Sunday to a Wednesday and then, you know, in my weeks and I'm going from one storm to the next and God's touching me here and touching me there. It's not all these, just these touch points. It's, it's, a, it's a life. It's a life every day. That, that, and, and then it begins to get exciting because you realize, wow, this, is, this abundance that God has for us is very real. And, and he's calling us to it, and he wants us to come, bring in our hearts, and he wants us walking in that place with the grain of his spirit spilling out onto the street, and pregnant with life, filled with possibility. Do you know there are things that you can do that nobody else can do? There are giftings in you that haven't been unlocked yet because it's blocked up under worry and fear and you're not being intentional with your walk with God because there's all these things blocking the way. And you're just caught on this treadmill of Christianity and we, we, we think that's what it's about, but it's not, brothers. We have the word of God. We have a, a, a much surer word. See, we get sad to say that so many of us don't see the heart of God or the mercy of God's heart towards us. And I've been there. I've been in that prison cell of not seeing the goodness of God, not understanding the, the, the plan that he would have for my life that would blow my mind if I would just let him. But I was just, I was just on that hamster wheel of, 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 of going and rushing here and rushing there and living life. And my life was more filled with worry than it was faith. And, and some of us live that way. If that's you, you don't have to live that way. That's the good news of the gospel, that God's mercy and heart towards us, that, that we're not to live this meager existence in this world, that God has something good for us. And it's easy to do. There's no condemnation in it. That's the, the part of our humanity because we get weighed down. You, we get bogged down. Or, or, we, or we're ignorant. We don't even know what God's will is for us. And, and so we don't come. We don't access that. We don't access the reserves that God has put within us. We don't access the Holy Spirit or his life or his freedom or his grace. We don't access God's generosity we, we can't even, you're sitting here tonight and your mind is so bogged down by some problem. You're so distracted by something. You can't even hear what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. Because of this life that we're living, it, 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 it robs from us the realities that God has something very rich for us. And if we want it, and this is what the Holy Spirit showed me very, very lovingly, and it made me very excited, he says, I've got something for you, but I want you to step towards my mercy. I want you to believe my mercy for you. Not a bad report about me. I want you to believe that I want to bless you, son. 
I want you to believe that I'm going to bring you out of this pit. I want you to believe that I'm going to lavish my love on you. I want you to believe that the life you're living now is not what I want you to have. I want you to have my fullness. I want you to have my grace. I want you to have my strength. Can you believe that for yourself tonight? That there's enough mercy in the heart of God to give you things you don't deserve, to give you abundance, that that's the will in the heart of God? But it surely is. That message right there alone will preach and it'll encourage you. If we left off right there, we could all say, yeah, that's what I want. We could do an altar call and we could pray it and we could be inspired. But I believe that there's a way that we can, we can begin to intentionally access transformation. I believe that, that, that when, when people get intentional and led by the Holy Spirit, because this is the leading of the Holy Spirit, if, if, if the Holy Spirit is, if you're being led into transformation, that is the Holy Spirit. God wants to lead you into the miraculous in your life. But how do I access that? Sunday morning, altar call? Is it, is it a Wednesday night teaching? Is it YouTube teachings? Worship? I'm going to give you something here. I've never done this before. Uh, don't be afraid, Pastor Nick or any of you. I'm not, it's not nothing heretical. But it's a very practical teaching that I want to share with you. And it has absolutely changed my life. It's absolutely, and, and it's something that the Holy Spirit gave me. It's a tool that the Holy Spirit put in my arsenal. Because I would pray. I would worship. And, and, and uh, you know, I had a devotional life and that. But the Holy Spirit gave me something that, you know, it, it came to an, a, a, an outside, well, it came to a Christian source, but it, 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 it was so simple, and it was laying right there, and I couldn't even see it. So tonight, I just want you to take, I, I want you to just listen to me. If you have notes, take notes, because I think it, it can help you. If, you're, if you really want God to transform your heart. If you really want God to do something miraculous and make room, you have to make room for it. You have to make room for it. You've got to say, God, enough is enough. I, I'm tired of living on breadcrumbs. I'm tired of just coming in and going out, no gas in the tank and worried. And I, I, You know, there comes a point where you say, I really want to move with intention towards the things of God. Not just an altar call. This is, this is something real. So this is something very practical, something very easy that anybody can do anytime, anywhere, and begin to see God move in your life. And the great thing about it is that it's bite-sized. It's not some giant thing. It's not some great, you know, it's not like climbing the Himalayans on your knees, you know, or anything like that. This is something very, very simple that if you begin to implement in your life, you can begin to make room for the miraculous and transformation can begin to take root in your heart and your life. I just, it's, it's called just, it's simply called just the daily practice. And some people don't even, don't even do this or know about it for their life, their Christian life. They never heard anything like this, but we're just going to give out some practical, something very practical, but God will use it. God will use it. I promise you, God will use it. First, you've got to make way for transformation. 
You see it in the text, it's yours. So this is, this is called a daily practice. It's just three things. If you write them down, they're very simple. Anybody can do it. Three things that will help you make space. I just call it making space for the miraculous. That's all, because God's going to do the rest. All he's asking you to do is say, just make space. Pull your garments up. Get ready, because I'm going to fill you. Build that room on the side of your house, you know. Um, be intentional. Create a space in your life for God to move. Because some of us, there's no, there's no time in your schedule for God to move. He can and he will. I'm not saying he's sovereign. But you're not giving him any time or space and your mind is so overwhelmed. But here we go. And when I began to do this, when I intentionally set aside this time, and intentionally and thoughtfully did what I'm about to tell you. The Holy Spirit did something. The Holy Spirit did something in my heart, and, and, and I'm just going to share it with you. So here we go. So the ideal thing is that you take time in the morning. I know some of you are, are single parents or, or parents. you got to get up. you got to get your kids dressed and all that but the best time to do it is to take some time. And you might have to get up an hour before everybody else. But when you get desperate for transfer, transformation, an hour before everybody else doesn't mean much. I say, God, I can do that. I, I need that. If you can't do it in the beginning of the day, find a place to do it. Find a place to do it. But ideally, begin to rise Jesus did it. Early hours of the morning, he had separated himself. So Jesus had a daily practice. He didn't call it that, but that's what it was. It was a daily, he practiced this. He, he went to the Father every day, every day, and he drew on him. Take a pencil and paper, all right? So the step, first thing you do is you're going to get up early enough not to be disturbed. You're going to take a pencil and paper. You're going to find a comfortable place to sit, where it's quiet, where you can be still, but you won't fall asleep. So no place where you're lounging back. You know, this isn't like I lay on my bed and meditate on God. That's not what this is. You sit up, you get a cup of coffee, whatever you got to do. You sit down, and you're intentionally saying, I'm going to meet with God. This space is his space. I'm going to meet with him. I'm going to be talking to Jesus. And in this place, you have to be completely honest. Completely honest. And, and there's two main things that have helped me. Now, you can go on to other things later, but, but when you're doing this, this, this practice towards transformation, towards building this relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's two things that, that are incredibly incredibly helpful to focus on. This isn't about journaling about yourself, about what happened in the day, the way your husband or your wife treated you or disappointments. Two main themes, all right? So here we go. Two main themes in this first part you're going to write about, all right? The first one is bringing all your fears and all the consequences of, of those fears, writing them down to the Lord. That's it. 
I'll give you an example here in just a moment. The second is writing about your resentments and the consequences of holding on to those. Because those two elements throughout the word of God are caustic to spiritual life. And we are absorbed a lot of our lives with fear and resentment, even as Christians. So this is the space that you have every day where you're just going to put it out there before the Lord. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. This isn't a confession. This isn't coming like into a confession. But this is saying, God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking, and I need your help. I'm just being honest here. You said, come. Oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. And, and you see, and so you're going to move towards mercy, and you're bringing all those fears, all those resentments with you. You're just bringing them. And you have to be very honest and very specific. Here's some, here's some examples. I'm afraid of losing my job, and I'm cranky at home, and I have a short fuse with my family. Write that out. So to, to, I'm afraid, and this is the consequences, Lord. It's affected my family life. It's affected my children. I see what it's doing here. I'm afraid of losing my family, and I see a distance growing in my marriage, and it makes me want to isolate and pull away. Another one, I'm afraid my health will get worse, and so I worry and fret all day about what the doctors may say. I'm afraid I'm going to be rejected by my peers, so I isolate and pull away from people. I'm worried over my finances, so I get angry and agitated. So those are your fears. Those are just examples, but you get the idea. Then your resentments. Lord, I'm resentful because I didn't get that promotion. And it makes it hard to be positive and give grace to people at work. Lord, I'm resentful because my spouse isn't giving me the attention I crave. They haven't been loving, and as a result, I've been picking them apart, nagging them, and ignoring them. Lord, my teen is rebellious after all I do for them. They have no respect for me or my home. I resent them, and, and as a result, a wall is being built between us. Lord, I'm resentful at you. I've waited as a young single person for a mate, and I'm all alone. I struggle when I see others getting answers to prayer, and I'm still all alone. It really robs me of my worship and my love to you. Now, some days the list is going to be small. Some days the list is going to be long, but it doesn't matter. And it doesn't need to be a whole, just 10 minutes going through. But in this honesty, there is space and grace for God to move. So you're intentionally doing that. And you're, you're putting all of that out, and you're getting it out of here, and you're putting it here. And it's like you're laying it before the Lord. And you're saying, Lord, this is, this is, this is me. In this place, I'm making space for you to move. Because I know you're a God of transformation. I know you don't want me to be worried about my finances, but I am. I know you don't want my, there to be a wall between my son and I and, and how rebellious he is, but it's there. And you're the God that tears down walls and you're the God that gives grace to fathers to love their children. I'm inviting you into this place, Lord. I'm inviting you here because these areas, I can't do this alone. It's a very practical way to do it. 
And so where before it was all pinned up and it was bothering you, you're, you're just, you're, it's an exercise to put it out. It's like Isaiah when he laid that letter on the altar and he put it before God. God knew what was on that letter. But I can tell you the release that came into that man of God's heart when, when uh, it was Hezekiah laid that letter on the altar. He says, God, I'm putting it here. It's staying here. And you're going to have to give me a word. And as he laid it on the altar, Isaiah turned around and came back and spoke to him. He created a space for God to move in his anxiety. And what happened? God showed up. The second phase is this. We're almost done that you write and ask God to come and take it from you. So you put it all out, and the second thing you go down and say, Lord, this is a simple prayer. Take this from me. I don't want this in my life. I need you in this place, God. Take it. Take my anxiety. Take my resentments. Take my disappointments that are robbing me from your best, of my worship. They're keeping my hands down, and they're causing me to fold my arms, and they're causing me to be apathetic towards the things of God. Take them. I don't want them anymore. Transform my heart. And so you ask for him to take it and for God to give you clarity and wisdom in those areas. And the last thing, and we're going to close out with this, you take the next 20 minutes. This is very practical tonight, guys. You take the next 20 minutes. It's only a 30-minute exercise. But I can promise you, you create space for the Holy Spirit, God will begin to do things. The last thing is you sit and you quietly think on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, you think on these things. I've sat on my seat for 30 minutes. I, this, it just, it's so easy once you start to, and the Holy Spirit shows up, and I just sit there and I think about peace, peace, God's peace. How I need God's peace. Peace like a river. Hallelujah. Clarity. I need clarity, Lord. Clarity in this place. And you will find God begin to show up in that place. And your day will be different. And your week will be different. And your month will be different. Your year will be different. And you'll find yourself in a year from now in a totally different place because you have made room for the miraculous. This is nothing super spiritual. This is, this is just putting it out there, a way for you to access that place. I want to issue a challenge to you. We're going to close in prayer. I probably went over just a bit. Try it for a week. Try it for a week. It's a challenge. Try it for a week. Prove me, says the Lord. Prove me with this. Watch what God does in your mind. Watch what he does in your heart. I know for me personally, my health had gone down. I was so stressed. I had 
years of cumulative stress building up in my life, and someone gave me this, and I started moving towards mercy. And my kitchen, which I couldn't find, it was very hard to even wash one spoon some more. It was, I'm just being honest with you. Now I have joy going to that place. My house is clean. There's order. There's peace. You will begin to see a difference in your children, in your finances, in your relationships. As you allow the space, try it. Try it. Prove the Lord in it. And watch him move. I want to pray for you tonight that the God of transformation will visit you as you're intentionally moving towards mercy, intentionally moving towards his power, that God would begin to do something in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, I just pray tonight that those that are in need of transformation would hear the wooing and the invitation of the Holy Spirit to bring their bow to the stall. Hallelujah. <laughs> and watch you begin to press it down. Watch it to begin to get shaken up. And watch life just begin to come out where, where there was barrenness, where there was bitterness, where there was anxiety. Your life begins to bubble up, oh God, as we begin to get intentional. Intentional. Bless your people, Lord. I pray that this would be a lifeline for some people and they would see you meet them in this place in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit tonight wooing us towards transformation. I hope you go out of here tonight knowing that there's an open invitation for you now to come. And if you're watching, that same invitation goes out to everyone to move us towards transformation. God bless you tonight, Court Church and those that are online. Don't forget to be back with us again uh, on Sunday. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.